This is Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast. Episode 128, Calling America. Calling America is the eighth track on Balance of Power, third song on side two. In a 1986 issue of Soundcheck, Jeff Lynn said, Calling America is probably a true-to-life one because I do call up a lot. Sometimes you get as far as the satellite and nothing happens. And I just had a little picture of this voice sitting in the air talking to nobody going, Hello? It's actually 24,000 miles up in the sky, but not actually talking to anybody. And he's looking around to talk to somebody at this immense altitude. It's just about satellites. I love satellites and all that. The video for Calling America was shot in Paris. ELO is playing in front of Centre Georges Pompidou. It was directed by John Bugue, who is known for the pencil art animated video Take On Me by AHA. The song was used in the 2011 movie, Larry Crown. Hello. Good morning, America. This is London. I'm Eric Paul Johnson. And I'm Eric Winsenson. And I was so relieved when I first heard this song back in January 1986. I declared ELO as my band that I made that choice June 1983 when I got secret messages. And after that, I started buying up all the ELO. I'm a, I'm a fan now. I'm in. This is... This is my band, and I'll be listening to them and collecting. And in the time between Secret Messages and Balance of Power, I had gotten the entire discography. And I was eagerly anticipating a new album from ELO. I wanted that fan experience of after you've heard all the songs, now you get to look forward to and you get to have that moment. That moment when there's a new music from th- your, your band. Um, took a long time. I kind of wondered if our fun little conspiracy that the secret message in Secret Messages was that Secret Messages was the last ELO album. By 1983, ELO was 12 years old, and that's a pretty good run for a band. Most bands don't even make it to 10 years as far as recording albums and music goes. Some are lucky to make it five years. So ELO had the longevity, and at that point... It wouldn't have surprised me if, after all that time, they decide, yeah, we're done with it. This was before I knew all the backstory that was going on and how Secret Messages was intended to be the last album. So, um, nothing came out in 84. I kind of thought so. Last few albums, they were two years apart. Summer 85, I was expecting it. Mm, Nothing. 
nothing for the rest of 1985. Did ELO break up? Because there's no way I'd know. I don't have the inside press. There's no internet back then. You didn't see ELO in the, written in the newspaper or anything like that. Even when Jeff Lynn had that single out for Electric Dreams, the only reason I knew it was Jeff Lynn because I saw in the ad for the movie with music from Culture Club and Heaven 17 and Jeff Lynn, which was weird to see his name in with all those others. And then a friend told me, oh, there's a new ELO. Oh, oh, sweet. And I heard it. And Calling America is a great song. I loved it. If I hadn't known, if a friend hadn't told me, oh, ELO's got something new out, and then a day or two later I heard it, I pretty much would have known right from the start. Just that opening. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, that's Jeff Lynne. And the rest of the song kicked in, and it was great. I loved it. It was bouncy. It was catchy. It's the perfect first single for the album. Because, really, it's the best song on the album. I really don't have any problems with it. It's a pretty damn good song. I liked it from the moment I heard it myself. Mm -hmm. I never heard it on the radio at the time. Because it's at a point where I had stopped listening to mainstream radio stations. It's 86, so about the time I'm getting into a lot of alternative and punk music. Right. But... I never stop listening to progressive rock music either. Again, stuff that does not ever get played on the radio. <laughs> so, since I'm going through the singles at Tower Records, I see a new Electric Light Orchestra single. Yeah, I went ahead and just bought it. Hmm. Turned out to be a great song. And still have the picture sleeve for it. The record itself, unfortunately, I can't remember if it met with a mold problem in an apartment I was living in for a year. Hmm. That... I'm still trying to replace a lot of records that got destroyed from that. Yeah. Or if it ran into a cat problem. <laughs> There's a reason I try to keep the cat away from the records. Yeah. Yeah, because when the cat knows that you actually like the records and you pay more attention to them than the cat, then the cat makes sure you pay attention to it. Yes, yes. When Wanderlust was teething, he left his bite marks on a Jonathan Brandmeier album released only in Chicago back in 1984. And uh, there's a little... Little nibbles up on the corner. No, our cat Johnny at the time decided that she was going to be a music critic. Mm -hmm. And, well, yeah, it took some time to replace some of the covers and to air out the records. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, because certain ones could rescue them, but no matter how you rescue them, the smell sticks around for a few years. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I don't think this was what happened with this one, since I actually do still have the cover. Surprising me, because she knocked out a bunch of Duran Duran stuff. Oh, it's not so bad, so then. She barely missed the ELO, which <laughs> <laughs> which a lot of people are going to say she has great taste in music, if that's the case, or she goes on the Duran Duran and skips the ELO. Yeah, yeah. But for the song itself, even if I hadn't just went out and bought the single without hearing the song, I would have known it was an ELO song, because at that point I was familiar with Jeff Lynne's production and mm -hmm. even with other people other than ELO and so I would have said ah oh, it's ELO I want to go ahead and get this I never got the album though because again freshman in high school <laughs> who's got the money to go out and buy albums I would have bought it on cassette anyways at the time unless you beg your parents for it a lot of times then it's not happening yeah I got five dollars a week for allowance the bulk of that would go to putting out my little satire underground newspaper and some of it would go to records I got the promo copy of this at Zia, the album anyway. Oh, and I got the 12-inch, don't I? I do, I got the 12-inch promo single. Huh. I liked it since the moment I heard it. It has that acapella introduction and then goes right into it. 
It's still very 80s. Oh, yeah. But it's good 80s. It is good 80s. Yeah, with Jeff Lynn singing throughout the song. Yeah, we're living in, in, the modern world. in 1986, I thought, yeah, we are. But also in 1986, I thought in about 5, 10, 15, 34 years, the notion that 1986 is living in a modern world is going to seem kind of funny. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Back in 1986, we're VCRs. We can record TV shows off the TV now. Wow. We had computers in the news. Well, we had a computer in the newsroom. It was a Mac. And we would use it to play uh, Hard Hat Mac and Tapper on it. That was the extent of how we used computers in, in 1980s, which was all brand new. Oregon Trail. See, everybody brings that up. I never played it. Well, that was Apple IIe. That wasn't really a Mac game. That was a IIe game. So that was before the Mac. Oh, okay. But every time, for like years and years after this, every time there was some new thing that just amazed me, like, oh, wow, we're, that's, that's crazy. It's the future. Like, when the internet came along, I was like, yeah, now we're living in the modern world. DVDs, and now, honestly, I, I, the day I expected to have tens of thousands of songs, I thought it, I would have had a huge room filled with records, and not on something that's about as thick as an album cover and maybe about the size of a piece of typing paper. It's just crazy to me that I have all that music on, on my little MacBook here. So, yeah, we're, we're living in a modern world. And then about five years after this, it's going to be, yeah, how crazy that you thought 2020 was so modern. Yeah, no, I was watching Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome the other day, and with the children, with all the little things they kept from the modern world and used them as religious items, and you're looking at it going, oh, it's, well, yeah, oh, cute, 1980s. <laughs> 1985. <laughs> they, got a, they got a record on a pole, yeah. and uh, <laughs> they're wearing a circuit board that... <laughs> I can barely do a math problem. Yeah. 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 That was the modern world in 1986. Exactly. Yeah. I saw somebody had written that this had sort of a Telstar vibe to it. And I thought, you know, for the guitar solo, I can kind of see it sounding sort of Telstar-y. Maybe, but yeah, the rest of it, though. If it wasn't for Lynn's vocals, it could be an Alan Parsons song. But it has that Lynn vocal touch to it, where he's double and triple and quadruple and quintuple tracked his vocals. Yeah. Even though, I don't know if they just had Richard Tandy mouth along with it in the video, or if he was actually doing background vocals. And I think Bev Bevan, yeah, he does do some, uh, in the video anyway. No, Bev just sits there and hits two electronic drum heads. <laughs> yeah. But he, he does, I see him in the background singing Calling America. I have to double check to make sure that, that he's not saying something else in the background. Yeah, well, he Especially could be. Especially with having to hit two drum heads, uh, probably going, <coughs> you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he could be, yeah. Ah, so after this, he left for Black Sabbath. No, that was before this. It was during the Secret Messages era. It was 1983. Ah, uh, it was during that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember Black Sabbath, after the one album with Ian Gillen, they were floundering. Tony Iommi was trying to put together a new version of the band forever and mm-hmm. just kept members out, coming in, going out. It was kind of like a truncated version of Guns N' Roses in the 90s. <sighs> Except better music came out of it. <laughs> uh-huh. I'll have to believe you. Hey, at least none of those albums had rapping on them. 
Yes, there is a Black Sabbath album that has rap music. Oh my God! Why? Why? I, just... <laughs> I don't know. That's one thing I am so glad, and I really hope it never happens. No matter how modern the world becomes. I'm really hoping that there's never going to be a rap interlude in an ELO or even a Jeff Lynn's ELO song. I, uh, yeah, I think Jeff Lynn has enough sense to know. Yeah, I'm 72 and white. I really shouldn't be rapping. That's not my area of music. So I, neither is it Alice Cooper's. But yeah, but Alice Cooper sucks. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Got something to say about calling America? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. It's time for a great line from ELO from this week's song. What's my line? Calling America. Can't get a message through. Calling America. That's what she said to do. She has to be. Calling America. She left a number for me. Hello? Is this the party who has answered my call? Hey folks, it's Dono, donostop.org, and that Xanadu shtick. And I am here to rant about Calling America. We have reached the peak of balance of power, which is a good thing, damn it. The stars, the mood, the moons, inspiration, the BS, the whatever crashed together like a great round of demolition derby, perfectly to pop out this nifty little single. Jumpy and steady beats with the vocals gliding in and out with the keyboards and the lyrics connecting together effortlessly. This is a good reason this one was selected as the first single. Not that I'm complaining that this is an updated version of Telephone Line. Now more than ever with the invasion of smartphones and the death of dial tones, it was logical that Jeff would do an upgrade that didn't degrade the original, though I do fear someone will come up with a 2021 version and will be played on Dr. Domeno. No respect, Doc. I know you're keeping an eye on the quality of your show. Was it a hit or was it? Calling America was the first single from Balance of Power. It was released in America on January 24th, 1986, with Caught in a Trap as the B-side. It got to number 18 on the Billboard Hot 100, besting Rock and Roll is King by one point. It got to number 22 on Billboard's Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, number 20 on Billboard's Adult Contemporary, number 26 on Cashbox, and number 20 on Radio and Records. A 12-inch was released with Caught in a Trap and Endless Lies. It was released in the UK on February 21st, 1986, with the same B-side on the 7-inch. It reached number 28 there. The European 12-inch replaced Endless Lies with Destination Unknown. In Australia, it got to number 47, number 31 in Germany, number 28 in Canada, number 22 in Austria, it reached number 23 in South Africa, number 16 in Ireland, and had its best showing in France where it hit number 10. It was covered by Geese Fighters in 2000, John Wayne Shot Me in 20-08, Graham Boulevard in 20-08, Ecstasy Planet, Yes We Have Some, and Dick Gray. And now, Eric and Eric go under the covers. I feel like being a sex machine. So there were a bunch of cover versions of Calling America. I was finally looking forward to hear the one by Geese Fighters, because their name keeps coming up anytime there's ELO covers, but I couldn't find anything by Geese Fighters online where I could listen to it. 
And there's a version by John Wayne Shot Me. I'd be curious to hear what that band sounds like. But there are two here that I was able to find. And the first one is by Yes, Have Some. Originally, I thought you said it was by Yes, comma, and then a band called Have Some, and I'm going, I know for damn certain that Yes never covered Calling America. I don't know. Why don't you ask one of my co-workers who, when Land of Confusion came on, he said, did you know Genesis remade this? Disturbed did the original version. And I was just, oh, Junior, sit down. Let me educate you. <laughs> No, Yes did not remake this song. But Yes, Have Some did. And I like this version. It's different than, you know, the one that everybody knows, all Cynthia stuff. Obviously, this was not recorded in 1986. I couldn't find a year on it. I'm going to guess within the last five, ten years or so, because it sounds modern, rocky, modern, poppy, kind of, but not so annoyingly bland, Pressed from a mold, here's another song for y'all to enjoy that sounds like everything else. It's pretty much a, a basic kind of rock song. I wouldn't say there's a whole lot of embellishment, but there's enough embellishment to keep it interesting instead of just, here's your guitar, bass, and drums, and singer. Um, I think I'd say that I like it equally as much as, well, I think I like the ELO version a little bit more, but this one comes close to liking it equally as much. I did listen to it a few times this morning, and that was not a few times too many. I could listen to it a few times more. I could listen to it a whole bunch of times more. I really need to add it to my other playlist, because I like it. Well, I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just too darn close to the ELO version, was my thing, is that they don't really do anything different with it. They don't change tempo. They don't try and rework it at all. They just cover it. It's not bad. It's not anything offensive it's just a cover song and i'm not really that impressed with a note by note cover song when i can listen to the original i can see that that could be why i like it i just didn't veer too much from the original which the original i liked a lot and then we got dick gray don't know what the hell he's doing. I don't know what's going on. Neither with does he. Song. Obviously, but, neither does he. <laughs> this is what it sounds like. <laughs> the music and his singing, it's like he's singing a 
different song than what the music is trying to play. The music kind of sticks to the, you know, the melody of Calling America, but that kind of wavers a bit. At times, it's like he's singing at a different tempo that the music is going. The two do not jibe together. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not, I don't know if I want to say it's like karaoke, but uh, it's, it's, this, is, this is like pretty bad. It's like somebody's a little drunk and they start playing Night Driver, the old Atari video game. And he's just kind of swerving all over the screen. And that's kind of like his singing style with the song. Never quite stays in the lane. Is always all over the place. A little drunk. <laughs> Look, if a woman who's totally trashed at 8.30 in the morning can get up and do a decent karaoke version of Gloria, <laughs> you would think that somebody who hopefully was sober when he made this <laughs> can at least try and do it. And yeah, I know there's some stories there behind what I just said. But um, <laughs> I follow you now. I absolutely loathed this yeah from any point of view whatsoever you're right he's singing at a completely different tempo he sounds like he is wasted on something throughout and it sounds like he stayed wasted when he did the production <laughs> on it and the mixing and everything else the music doesn't even sound good it all just mm -mm. the music almost sounds drunk yeah it does i <laughs> i mean i have no idea what he was doing. If he's a fan of ELO, um, I hate to say it, but I can imagine it's going to be like that Simpsons one where Metallica yells at the bus driver. <laughs> Don't ever listen to our music again. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, as soon as the thing came on, I was just sitting there going, why? Why am I listening to Why did you do this? <laughs> Because I'm in charge. I, no, not why did you do this to me? I'm, not, I'm thinking, why did this Dick Gray oh, guy do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, I'm wondering, why are you making me listen to this? But <laughs> is this revenge? Well, hello, this is Troy. I had comments prepared for Calling America, but they were too long and they were kind of boring. They were of the type, gee, this is really a great song. I love it. So... I'm a responsible person. I believe in recycling. So with that in mind, I'm going to recycle my written comments to the song Sweet Talkin' Woman. Okay. Now, if you've read those written comments or heard them, I have a theory. I think Calling America is the third song in a trilogy about the same guy. I'm talking about the poor, hapless sad sack who keeps ringing his ex-girlfriend's phone off the wall in telephone line. I don't know how many times he does it, but come on, get a clue, dude. But instead, when it comes to sweet-talking woman, this idiot is now bringing the poor operator into it. I mean, why would you want to do that, man? Telephone operators worked for probably less than minimum wage, and they had better things to do with their time than to help you stalk your ex-girlfriend. Well, now it's almost 10 years later, and he still doesn't have a clue. And now he's got one of those, ooh, satellite phones. You know, those ones that weigh a ton, and you keep them in your car, and he's talking off a satellite, trying to reach his beloved in America. And he says, 
She left a number for me. Dude, get a clue. She left you a fake number. Just like Elaine in that Festivus episode of Seinfeld left a fake number for those mutants who work at the horse track. She gave them the number for a bagel shop. Well, dude, that's what this girl is doing. She didn't leave a number for you. It was a fake number. Come on, dude. It's 30-some years later, and I hope you're still not doing this, because if you are, you're probably in jail. This has been A Thought from Troy. Like it? Hate it? What does Madeline think? They liked it. I danced to it. It was a video. Wow, she liked it. Face the Music, an Electric Light Orchestra song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment, Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com. Keep up to date on the show by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash ELO pod. Next week, episode 129, Endless Lies. <laughs>